This is North, 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 South. North, South. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here. North and South. My God, emergency, first ever emergency episode of North and South. I'm glad that we can get this. We have the Los Angeles Times, Dylan Hernandez. Basically, this podcast was born talking about Shohei Otani, what's going to happen next. So we better do an episode on the day he decides to sign a 10-year deal worth $700 million. We'll see what the deferrals and everything else, were, what that means. But it's a big number to put on the board. Dylan, you've been saying Dodgers, although you've kind of wavered a little bit. I've wavered. Is this the way that you were expecting it was going to happen, Otani to the Dodgers? You know, yes and no. Like, again, if you had put a gun to my head, I would have said that because I think it made the most sense. Uh, the one thing that gave me pause was his history of kind of defying public expectation, right? Whatever people thought he was going to go left or should go left, he's always gone right. And so this is kind of the first like major decision I think that he's made where he kind of did what everybody thought he was going to do, right? And I do think that you know, uh, and I have a column up at latimes.com. Right latimes.com, now. Dylan Hernandez. <laughs> click it, click it, click it. Um, you know, that kind of talks about, well, you know what, if all these other options, right, couldn't kind of guarantee him uh, that he would avoid what he experienced in Anaheim the last few years, right, where he's playing at a high level and yet the team can't win, you know. And so from that standpoint, I kind of think that there was, you know, I mean, Texas might have been an option, right, in terms of, but they had already won, right? And maybe he won't get the glory that, you know. And, and you know, if they the, lose, then right. he gets the blame. That's correct. Important. Yes, yeah. You know, and you had brought up the Kevin Durant comp, right, where maybe, you know, the Warriors, you know, beat the Cavs in the finals that year. Maybe Durant doesn't show up, right? And probably doesn't show up. I don't think he does. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and the only other team I think that you could look at right now and think, okay, they'll be in the playoffs every single year, is the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and they are cheap. They are very, very cheap. They let, Freddie Freeman, homegrown, you know, franchise icon, and they let him go over like a lot less money than this. So that kind of left the Dodgers, I think, is the one option where, you know what? And he's talking, you know, the one thing about Otani, too, is he's talked about a couple years ago, I think. He said, I'm entering my prime, right? And I have four or five years here to kind of perform at the highest level possible. So he's kind of aware of this, too, right? He's, you know, you, sometimes you'll hear guys talk about, well, I'm planning to be good until I'm 35. And I'm sure Otani, you know, will be pretty good at 35. But I think he understands, too, right, that, the you know, a prime window is limited. And I think he needed to go to a place that could win now. Right. And again, uh, the Dodgers can kind of guarantee pretty much going to October every year. So, you know, uh, from that standpoint, I think it makes total sense. And from the beginning, I think it was kind of the one place that made it was the obvious choice. And again, my my only kind of surprise, again, is that, you know, again, this this contrarian of a character in Otani is finally just kind of said okay you know what everybody's right this is obvious i need to just do this okay what were you thinking yesterday when there the reports about toronto whether you know clearly several erroneous reports about he's on a plane erroneous report that he had already agreed to a deal with the blue jays uh i don't i mean there's such mystery around this i i imagine the dodgers had to be a little worried about that what, what were you thinking and what do people around this you know this team around LA, what were they thinking? Well, there seemed to be a lot of push that Otani was going to sign with the Blue Jays. Yeah, you know, I think uh, there, I mean, I, I had kind of heard, I had heard some of that, right? I mean, it wasn't obviously at a reportable point. I mean, at some point, um, you know, I did tell my bosses, hey, I think this might actually happen. Um, that said, to me, Toronto didn't make sense, right? And I think maybe two weeks earlier, 
You saw the Cubs, right? They were kind of being pushed as his favorite. Uh, that one didn't make sense either, right? They, it's cold. And on top of that, you have a guy who's the same age as you, who's Japanese and Seiya Suzuki, right? Mm -hmm. They're the same high school class. And I know, again, this might not seem like a big deal to us, but, you know, in Japan, again, right? Seniority, the vocabulary kind of changes. There's these, everything is codified, right? The relationship, like certain things that you kind of have to do as a younger, older player. Now, if you're the same age, because there's none of that, there's actually this expectation, weirdly, that you're supposed to be friends, right? So he goes to Chicago. If they're not always around, keep in mind, the Japanese media has noticed, they notice everything, <laughs> right? So, you know, if they're not like hanging out constantly, it's like going to be like, well, what's what's wrong? Do you not like this guy? You know, and then next thing you know, that's going to become a thing, you know? And in this case with Toronto, not only do you have a Japanese player who's older that you kind of weirdly kind of have to defer to, he's not just older. He went to the same high school as, right? So he's a senpai, you know, and that that's Kikuchi, I, Kikuchi. Yes, yeah, you say Kikuchi, and yeah. that creates like a weird dynamic. And it's just, you know, I don't think it's necessarily like a total deal breaker, but like, you know, I'm sure the Blue Jays maybe had an opportunity to talk him into this. I just didn't think, you know, it wouldn't be right. Like, you know, certain things that you kind of want to avoid in life, right? You know, we all have these things. To me, for a Japanese person, that's one of them, and like. You know, there is this thing, you know, I've kind of heard over the last year, a lot of people kind of have, whenever I talk to people about that, you know, people have pushed back, right? Executives of different teams. Oh, I've never heard a Japanese player say that. Yeah, they don't say these things, right? Yeah. And a lot of these things don't get vocalized. So to me, it just didn't make any, you know, unless Otani, the only thing that I could really think of was, you know, and you and I kind of talked about ballparks, I think the last time we did yeah. this, right? Um, is the fact that it was a, it's a, it's a dome stadium, you know, or a retractable roof stadium. And, I thought, well, maybe Otani really wants to pitch indoors again. Now, that said, you're in the AL East. Whenever you're on the road, you know, you're going to Boston, you're going to New York, you're going to Baltimore, you know, places where the, uh, you know, weather can be kind of up and down. So that didn't 100% make sense to me. But, you know, I mean, I guess once the reports are kind of out there, I kind of started thinking, well, you know what, like this is maybe, you know, again, you could view it as a kind of a unique choice for like a unique person again. You know, I think about like, uh, you know, when Diego Maradona went to, you know, Napoli, right? When he went mm -hmm. to Naples, Naples, that team was never like a perennial contender. It's a poor team in a part of, you know, it's the southern part of Italy that was kind of like, you know, it's kind of seen as the backwoods type thing. And Maradona kind of become to this day, he's like a god in that. Oh, god, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, you go to Canada, right? The Blue Jays are kind of a national mm -hmm. team, maybe. He thought, okay, I could be this right thing where, you know, maybe even make baseball the most popular sport in a country where baseball is not the most popular sport. You know, but I was kind of thinking, okay, why would he do this? But yeah, in the end, like to me, it just didn't make sense. When I thought about Toronto and I was like, I guessed Boston, which was wrong. And I said, like, okay, if it's Toronto, it's, I'm kind of right because it's a little different and he's, it's just purely to hit. Whether Rogers Center is, you know, a pure hitter, it feels like a hitter's uh, part to me. But I also thought, okay, two year out. Do that for two hit for two years. You're not sure if you're going to even pitch in 2025 or how well you're going to do. Give yourself two years to hit with the option to stay there. And if you want to pitch and hit and you want to feel better about somewhere else, go somewhere else after two. That's what how I figured like we're all trying to find this place where Toronto could work. That's how I made it work. But yeah, the Dodgers works just flat out, right? It works every level. Uh, and doesn't have to move. I'm sure Newport Beach is, you know, Kobe lived in Orange County and, and played in Staples Center. So like this is not uh, unheard of. I'm sure he could afford a place in LA too and during the season, maybe. Uh, and 
yeah, it's going to be in the playoffs every year. And yet, if they win a championship or multiple championships, it's going to be look what Otani brought to LA, right? It's going to be look what Otani was the top of this. Now, here's the question: Brady Freeman and Mookie Betts, even if it's Clayton, Clayton Kershaw, if he's there, they're going to love this, or are they going to? I haven't seen any tweets. Well, I guess it's not official, but. Could there be some, oh, okay, yeah, this is the guy that's going to win it for us? How do you think it's going to fit in that clubhouse? Yeah, I don't think that's an issue because, again, I don't think Betts is the most, um, you know, right? He's He kind of is on his own program almost, mm -hmm. you know? And if anything, I think there have been some kind of questions, right? I mean, he obviously he loves to bowl. You know, he's got this podcast thing going. Um, don't trust people who got the podcast thing going. <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't yeah. trust that. Um, you know, and Freddie Freeman, while he is like a willing public speaker, he's not kind of the center of the clubhouse type guy. Right. I mean, I think that the fact that they gave Jason Hayward nine million dollars to come back, uh, they, you know, that nine million dollars isn't just to play right field part time for them. That nine million dollars is because he's the glue guy in that clubhouse. And the fact that you need that guy, I think, kind of speaks to that clubhouse dynamic where I think I mentioned last time. It does feel like they're like a bunch of independent contractors in there, right? Kind of work. They come in, and again, the, the instruction is so specifically tailored to each and in, each individual player that you know. Again, even that that you know, uh, right? When we started covering baseball, right, when guys would just kind of sit around after games talking ball, that doesn't happen as much now, mm. you know. And I think that a, a lot of that has to do with the advances in technology that have kind of specialized their training, right? So instead of now, instead of learning from the bet on the team. A lot of times you're talking to like your hitting coach who has all this advanced, all these advanced metrics. And so from that standpoint, I think he's just going to be like another guy who's on his own program. And, you know, in that sense, I don't think it's going to be an issue. If they want him to hang around, uh, they could hang, get sign Jock Peterson. He can have him play cards. So <laughs> <laughs> he's real good at that. They hang around a lot to do that. So, Tim, did you ever see the Giants as any, you know, I did I not. Know, I did yeah. not. You know, and and I get I again, I had people within the Giants organization telling me I was wrong, that they had a shot at this. And I understand. I get that. I'll, clearly, they had to go through this. Pretty sure they met with them. They got Buster Posey. I think there's a lot of respect for Buster Posey in Japan and, and, and across the world, across the baseball world. I just, I, I locked into this. I might be wrong, but if he's going to be a hitter, right, this is going to get him in the Hall of Fame now. It's hitting because yeah. you don't know about the pitching. You've got the pitching on your ledger. That happened. But you might you might not be able to continue your career at certainly at this level. Then if you're just a hitter, are you going to sign to play 81 games a year at Oracle Park? Bryce Harper sure didn't want to. And Harper might be different because he was an East Coast kind of feel to him, although he went to high school in Vegas. It just felt like he liked that East Coast energy. But I just didn't feel like, and you know, he, he hasn't hit a lot at Oracle, but he's never, I don't think he's got a hit at Oracle Park. It just doesn't feel like someone where especially a left-handed hitter who's got options is going to say yeah i want to go there and maybe instead of hitting 44 home runs i hit 26 and i think that's going you know barry bonds is the only one who's ever done that where he he's actually hit more home runs at home than he did on the road as farhan's idea pointed out conveniently i don't know that you can guarantee that you're going to do that i don't know that like i think he wants to hit what i mean i don't know is 500 home runs available to him maybe maybe not but i think he would like to do that if, if that's the opportunity and i just don't see that happen at Oracle Park, um, or like, I don't see that as like these are all degrees of you know what's likely, what's sort of likely, what's not likely, and I don't know that being a hitter at Oracle Park is a, a, a big turn on for these guys, and they have ha have a hard time 
bringing these guys in. Like that's just not the guys who come into Oracle Park. They can get pitchers, um, you know, maybe average hitters, you know, guys who hit for average power hitters, especially lefty power hitters. It's a little, I, Scott Boris is somebody I talked talk to about that years ago. It's like, you can hit them to left, hitting them to right. And that's how I felt about it. And plus the other one, I, I'm reading Tom Verducci's great piece on this just up on SI.com, really inside look at this is, you could go to the Giants and maybe not go to the playoffs. And I do think he wanted to avoid that. And I thought I was writing this last offseason. The Giants have to do this now. This is where you have to make the case for Otani, that we are good enough that you don't have to worry about this. And they did the exact opposite. They backed up a mediocre season with another mediocre season. And he's looking, look at that and go, man, I had Trout and myself in Anaheim and it didn't work. Who's I don't even have Trout here. You know, and there's a lot of question marks. I, I think the Giants are solid. I don't think they're bad. But I don't know, especially when you're just hitting, that the Giants hit a lot of these things we're talking about. Market, yes. Demographics, yes. Didn't have another Japanese player, yes. Those were kind of calling cards. And I think he liked the people. I think he liked them the first time around. But adding in the ballpark plus... Man, you know what? What if he wins 90 with them? A 90 would be good for the Giants. 90 is not great. You know, maybe you're out in the wild card round. Maybe you're maybe you don't make it. I think those were not great. I never thought the Giants were that. And I think Giants fans got themselves revved up about it. And oh, he's following Logan Webb now on Instagram. Like it's like the Aaron Judge stuff last year. I never thought Judge was ever gonna sign with the Giants. Maybe a better chance for Otani, but I just never did. And the Dodgers being the practical big bet. I mean, if he was going to stay on the West Coast, it was going to be with the Dodgers, right? I thought the, the flyer was Boston or the Cubs or Toronto just because maybe he wants to try something else. But if you had a, people, some Giants fans got mad at me, I guess I said the Giants were the lesser franchise last podcast. I meant to say lesser in the standings. But frankly, if you're a free agent, they're lesser because the Dodgers are just this monster. They're the Yankees. Uh, and do you, uh, Dylan, do you see the the Dodgers now? Like, okay, we held it back for a year or two on the side. And now we got, you know, the, the Otani, the, the, the Godzilla, we got the guy. Uh, can they add more? Should they add more? Will they add more? Can they go, you know, can they go to Yankees level payroll? I mean, I think they should, you know, because this is the other part too. I mean, when you're talking about with the deferrals, right. And, you know, what is it like according to Verducci's thing? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I think he said that Otani raised that as an option, whether that's the deal or not. That's a right. lot of deferrals. So, you a know, lot of deferrals. So, you know, you're talking about a guy who might actually be like, you know, to borrow their jargon, revenue neutral, right? I mean, because they, the advertising that's going to come in here could be around that amount, right? So <laughs> yeah. they might actually not be. And that's why I actually think for the Dodgers, this was such like a huge thing because. I don't think that had they missed on Otani, I don't think they're taking that 50 million a year or whatever it is, right? Whatever that number kind of turns out to be with the, you know, interest calculations and the deferrals and all that. They weren't going to take that money necessarily and give it to somebody else because that money, again, is coming in and revenue from the outside, right? So, so I mean, the guy's almost playing for free in some ways. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I would argue, and I was already making this argument when it was just Betts and Freeman, right? In that here you have two of the best players in baseball in their primes together. Right. It's a it's a unique opportunity in franchise history. They've never had two guys like that going at the same time. And so I was like, hey, like, so why don't you go out and get that pitcher that's going to put you over the top to maximize your chances while you have this window? 
Uh, to me, now this window's even blitzier now, right? Now it's not just two guys, it's three guys, right? I mean, they might have like three of the top, what, like eight guys in baseball now, eight hitters, at least in baseball. Um, you need to find a way to take advantage of that. And the problem is right now, they still don't have the pitching, you know, and you can't win in the postseason without pitching. Uh, we don't know how, again, right? Kind of like you mentioned, this is the second Tommy John for Otani. We don't know how he's going to come back from that. So even kind of long-term, as you look ahead, project this forward. Uh, and again, given the limited, right? I mean, all these guys now, you know, Otani's 29 now, uh, you know, Betts, Freeman are on the wrong side of 30. They have a window coming up, but it's also not going to last forever. And I think they have to be kind of mindful of that, right? As much as they've kind of always held back a bit, you know, in terms of payroll, you know, or, you know, maybe not kind of taking that all out gamble with anybody. Um, maybe this is kind of the time where they're going to have to do that because, you know, the worst thing here is like you kind of got these stars and, you know, you end up with nothing to show for it. Right. Um, and I think so in that sense, there's still stuff that they need to do. I really think they need to go out, out and address the pitching, knowing them, given their history, they have never spent huge dollars on pitching. My gut tells me that it's going to be Dylan Cease. Or uh, uh, the the brewer Corbin Burns. They'll be trades. Uh, right? They'll those, be trades. Yeah, yeah. They, those will be trades. You know, and they they better get those done quickly because I think the July market is more competitive now than it's ever been with the expanded playoffs, right? And the one advantage the Dodgers have right now, you know, going to your point about knowing you're going to be in the playoffs, they know they're going to be in, right? So they can commit resources to making that trade, knowing that it won't be a right. There's a, they know like it won't be a complete waste at least, right? If you're one of those teams that's kind of on the fringes of the playoffs and you're not really right. Even take a team like Toronto, what they win 83 games last year, you know, they don't know if they're going to be in or not right for them. That would be like a big risk because you might be trading the top end of your farm system for something that's not even going to see any, right. You won't see the fruits of that in, in October, the Dodgers, you're going to see it. So I think that they need to make that move and they better do it now before more teams kind of realize like, Hey, like, you know what, you know, cause the team again, that hasn't contended in 10 years, if they're in contention in July, they might just say, you know what, this is a once in a decade opportunity for our franchise and where we are budget wise. Let's push all in and get this guy. Uh, you're going to face more competition for that there. So, you know, they better get moving. Let's say they add another. Let's say they add Dylan Cease. Are they the best team in baseball, Dylan? Man, I still think the pitching is the yeah, problem. I mean, you know? that is yeah, the, this issue, is the thing. Right? Is it's yeah. not this, you know, this pitching situation that they have right now. This didn't happen like overnight, right? This is years of a philosophy, of a strategy. You know, part of it is financial that they, right, pitchers break. Mark Walter said this kind of very early in his ownership, right? Pitchers break. And that's one thing I think that's on their mind. Uh, you know, they but did I have think the Trevor all, Bauer, they had the Trevor Bauer thing. They did. It was their own doing, right? They got right, into that right, themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, and even Bauer, right? Like, I mean, one of the reasons Bauer kind of came, they, right, he agreed to a very weird, you know, Bauer is one of these guys that almost goes out of his way to be unique, right? Mm -hmm. And he's agreed to this very weird contract, um, you know, which is why they got him. But like, you know, even in the minor leagues right now, I mean, the, you know, you go to class A, like nobody's throwing more than like three innings at a time, mm -hmm. right? And their philosophy is have these guys throw as hard as they can for as long as they can. And even if it's, that's not very long, we'll just bring the next guy in, right? So, you know, they kind of have a lot of like arm talent, but... You know, to me, there are throwers and they're pitchers. And I feel like a lot of the guys that they've brought up in recent years, they're more throwers, right? I mean, Bobby Miller might have like the, one of the best arms I've ever seen. I mean, this guy has an easy hundred if that's possible, but he can't really pitch, man. If his off speed's not working, he cannot get out of stuff. And we saw him get absolutely obliterated in the playoffs. So, you know, 
it's kind of this, I think they think that they don't need kind of that traditional horse and, you know, a decade of thinking that way and raising players a certain way and right. That affecting your player acquisition strategy has kind of led to them, you know, being probably more than one piece away. Now you talk to them, they think they can bullpen game their way through this whole thing. The only year that they were able to do that was in the COVID shortened year, which keep in mind during these series, they didn't have days off. Right. So it was a type of playoffs that most resembled the regular season. You know, they were down to the Atlanta Braves in the LCS that year, three games to one. And basically the Braves just ran out of pitching. There were no days off. They couldn't reset. And the thing just got away from them. Right. I don't know if that happens in a traditional setup where you're going to have days off between you know, games two and three, and maybe another day off at the end, right? So, uh, yeah, I do think that there are some problems here, you know, and it's going to be kind of very interesting, again, to see, you know, if they can maybe take advantage of this Otani thing. Uh, there will be excited. Obviously, this is, you know, this might, I was talking to Plasky about this, right? This might be the biggest free agent the city has attracted since uh, since Shaq. Yep. You know? yep. Right? So yep. if it's that type of thing, maybe you can kind of take advantage of that, right? Whatever revenue streams are going to come in that weren't there before, Maybe you could take advantage of that and, and, and make that investment in pitching. Here's a question. So Yamamoto is younger than Shohei, so maybe you don't have that peer thing. Or would there be some issue maybe, do you think, from Yamamoto following Otani? And would Otani want Yamamoto uh, on the Dodgers? I'm not sure he would necessarily mind at that point. You know, if, with the Angels, you know, one thing I noticed, even with the American players whom he talked to the most, we tend to, to be younger guys, mm-hmm. right? Because even though... They might be American and not follow our right uh, Japanese customs. Um, you know, I think he felt comfortable kind of teasing, you know, right the younger guys. Uh, so I'm not sure it's going to be an issue from like Otani's standpoint. I do wonder though, from like Yamamoto's standpoint, um, right where now what kind of offer is he going to get at this point? Right, I, I I don't think again that they're going to get to like that 200 million dollar, you know, and. Um, you know, there was, right. My colleague, uh, my colleagues, Jorge Castillo, Jack Harris wrote, um, you know, about a month ago about their interest in Roki Sasaki, who's a younger, right. 22 year old pitcher sits at a hundred. He's kind of the next, Afrikani, kind of the, the next prototype pitcher, uh, you know, and the Dodgers had an interest in him, Right. And, you know, it turns out what came out of Japan today was that he had asked the team in Japan to post him. Uh, and they're not going to, but, you know, that shows again the Dodgers' interest in him. To me, yes, he is that talented, but there's also a cheap element to it, right? Because he's 22 years old, he's classified as an amateur, and so they would be getting a 200 million dollar pitcher for like three million dollars. Yeah, because right? the and same as the Do- Otani, you there's a Correct. set number you can get. Yes, right? Yeah. yeah, right. So you know, um, Yamamoto is going to cost like 200 plus. I don't think they're going to be in the market for that. It's going to be, you know. If Yamamoto really, really, really wants to be a Dodger, now I do hear he's a Dodger fan. And again, these Japanese players, they're already millionaires, right? I mean, you know, Otani, I think, um, you know, he probably looked at the money. And while I'm sure there are people in the players union that aren't very happy about how this went down, right? You know, him deferring so much money. Uh, Otani doesn't care, right? That's not what he's driven by as much. You know, it's ridiculous to say that when guy's getting 700 million. But, you know, I don't think he was out to get every dollar. If Yamamoto is willing to take a bit of a haircut to become a Dodger, you know, then I think that it could happen. But I also kind of wonder, you know, because he's with a, his management team, right? Japanese players don't have agents. They have management companies because um, the team over there will just tell you what you're going to make, right? So you have a management company that's basically their job is to get you endorsements. 
And the particular management company that he's with, they're about money, right? It's kind of like a the equivalent of going to, say, the Boris Corporation here, you know? And so I think that in the end, like, he's going to kind of wind up going to the team that offers him the most money, right? Mets. Or close to it. Mets. Yeah, Mets, Mets, yeah. Make, make, Mets make a ton of sense to me. But the Yankees make a lot of sense to me. I'll tell you. So, yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen just because of the finances. It is so unique. Just looking at this a little bit for a step back, I go to the LA Times site to read Dylan Hernandez and Bill Plaschke and Mike DiGiovanna and all those other great. You guys got some Bill Shaking. You guys got some great baseball writers. Uh, and yet it's hilarious. He He's leaving the Angels, a team you cover and write about to go to another team in the market. And it's uh, Plashy. We know Plashy. He's like, yippee, he's with the Dodgers. Oh, my God, this is so big for the Dodgers. And you wrote, this is great for baseball. This is good for everything. It's like it went from one team in your market to the other one. You're like, it's not even the other team doesn't even out. And I, get, I mean, hey, it's, listen, in this in the Bay Area, it was A's Giants. It's, it's certainly a version of that. But this is even bigger. Do the Angels even matter in this discussion in L.A.? No, and now especially they don't, right? I mean, Otani, you know, was like the sole, at least, so, you know, and it's it's interesting, right? Because the, the number two teams, all, right, all the number two teams in the LA market, I think, are kind of propped up on a national scale by like one or two guys, right? The Clippers don't matter locally, but they matter nationally because of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, the Chargers locally don't matter. They matter nationally because of Justin Herbert. Um, you know, for a long time, the Angels didn't matter locally, but mattered nationally because of Mike Trout, right? And as Trout started breaking down, that became Otani. Uh, now you've taken that guy away. Uh, they're kind of invisible. You know, now that said, like, look, as a as a parent, right, who has kids who aren't like super into baseball, but don't mind going to a ballpark every now and then. <laughs> look, I love the fact that there's an Angel Stadium. No, my kids have never set foot in Dodger Stadium. Yeah. And they probably never will. They don't like baseball enough to justify me spending five, six hundred dollars, right? I mean, Angel State, it's great. You know, it's like the old sports arena when the Clippers used to play there, right? I used to go there when I was in high school. You know, you start off with a ticket way up top. Next thing you know, they're inviting you down to fill up the floor <laughs> seats so that it doesn't look empty. I mean, Anaheim honestly has that kind of feel to it. I mean, I love it. The parking lot, it's easily accessible. The traffic isn't bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, you go through those, those, you know, the when you the, the parking lot, the turns, right? The uh, the booths there. I mean, I get through those things faster than I do the Jack in the Box drive through. Right? <laughs> so I am I am a fan of having kind of that second team that nobody cares about because it does. I think there's there's a place for that team in every market. You know, the kind of the more affordable. Oh, you should option. go to A's games, Dylan. You would love that. They would like. Yeah, you know that's like too much, though, man. Like this <laughs> stuff is like I I made the mistake one time of getting like a hot dog from the concession stand. Like I can still taste it. Like right, like when I thought about it, I could taste yeah. it, and it's so gross. Yeah, do not right? eat. It's... I do not eat food at the Coliseum. I have never, not for years, for years, I've not eat. Do not eat. I don't care if they hand it to me and say this is the greatest food ever. I do not eat it. Uh, where do you think that? Where do the Giants go from? That here? is like. I never thought they were going to get Otani. Okay, so like yeah. it's interesting. We have to cover this. Are they going to get Otani? Because they clearly they could have, and they were trying. And you have to try. And there were some in there who thought they had a really good shot. So I'm, I'm going to honor that. I never thought. I, I I think I've written like I just don't think they're going to get them. They could still be successful. You know, Yamamoto or something. But I think Jung Hoo Jung Hoo Lee, Lee is that that's yeah, yeah. I think they are really in on him. Uh, obviously, no, that's not Otani. And you know Reese Hoskins or Bellinger or Matt Chapman, but I think you get two of those guys at 
but you know, these are going to be large numbers, but there's going to be nothing close to what Otani would have cost. Probably not close to what Yamamoto is going to get. Uh, you you landed Matt Chapman for 140. You land, you know, uh, whoever else. I mean, they're going to get another pitcher, whoever the, that pitcher is, for, for 120. And these are high numbers for them. You know that they don't like paying that, but you're going to have to overspend a little bit. I think that's going to be successful. I think they're going to get hit for not getting Otani. No, I mean, I'm sure they're getting hit, right? I haven't, I've been away all day, but I'm sure fans are not thrilled about this. And they were really angst, antsy about Toronto yesterday. I was like, kind of like threw that out there and I still got a big reaction from them. It's like, did you really think you were going to get Otani? Like, I just never felt that. I didn't feel that. And they're like, oh, we're burned by a judge. That was a mistaken report last year that had Judge going to the Giants. It was mistakenly amplified, and it was never going. I just, it was that one was never going to happen. He literally used the Giants. If you're using the Giants, that fake video of him in San Francisco was the most clunk, clunky, you know, tool for leverage I've ever seen in my life to try to get the Yankees. Like, oh, oh. Um, I just, I do, but I do think the Giants can get two guys. And they're going to have to. And if they don't, Dylan, if they just get one, if it's just Matt Chapman, even that might help them. The fans here are just not in a good place. And I don't usually say what the fans think matters. I try, you know, it's usually go the other way because they're reactionary, they're impulsive, they just know big names, they don't understand what building a big a team is. But to this point, like Farhan is really good at all the stuff the fans don't care about. But if you don't win, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. At some point you have to bring in people that fans do care about. And then that explains, and then you can go 87 and get in a wild card and win around. And then they're, they're happier because they've got, you know, Buster Posey, whoever the next Buster Posey is. They've got the next Tim Lincecum. And the fact that Farhan, I believe, and he's not real thrilled with me right now, so whatever. I mean, I like him, but he's not happy with me, um, that he's gone the opposite. Like, it's almost been like, I'm going to do the things that you don't like. The little things are going to rotate through five different left fielders. I'm going to just, whoever we get the pitching matchup against, that's what we're going to, we're going to, you know what? We could start somebody. We'll start Shamanai, but we won't. We'll have him pitch in the third inning. And that has pissed off Giants fans. And, and I'm somewhat for pissing off Giants fans because they just want, give me the Panda, give me Barry Zito. Give, and, and I think that's been overplayed times 10, but it also won championships. And if you're going to counter that, you've got to bring them something they can cheer for, something that fills up that stadium. And now they promised it. They have said it. Like, we're going to be in on everybody. That doesn't mean they're not. Otani was a wild case, and maybe they're they're really going to be in on some of these guys. Maybe they're going to get Yamamoto. I don't know, but this fan base is as wired as I've ever seen it, and not happy. They, you know, Gabe Kapler got a big part of it. I think Kapler and Farhan were in this together, and it's good that they brought in Melvin, who doesn't have to agree with Cap uh, with Farhan and everything. So you can believe that there's a discussion about it, not just. We're going to do it this way because that's the way analytics say. And I'm not saying they do it that way, but that is the understanding. That is the feel. And Zaidi got an extension when they brought Bob Melvin in, but that doesn't mean they can't fire him. Like you, you can still fire guys when you give them extensions. And if this thing turns, I don't know. Um, they got to sign somebody. They got to sign two people. They do. It's got to be two. And then they got to win. If, if And they can sign two people and not win, and it still would be bad. 
but it will be better than if they don't sign anybody or just sign one person, Reese Hoskins, and that's it. We'll probably not go over too well. Um, you know, there is a type, you know, that Jock Peterson, you know, uh, you know, Michael Conforto, that type of player that could be bargains if they're good, but they don't move the dial. And then when they're bad, they're really bad. They make you boring. Again, that's not a word the Giants like to hear. They're boring. They were truly boring last season. Truly boring. Slow, unathletic. Uh, just you know, had no you didn't you didn't you turn it on and you just see the same boys up. The younger players were interesting, but their the younger players are not great. None of them are great. Patrick Bailey's got the chance at it, but he's never going to hit that well. He's just a great defensive catcher. And to bring it back to the main topic, that's not a a thing that's going to attract somebody like Shohei Otani. It's just not. It's just this doesn't feel like it's on the cusp of something. It feels like they still got a year or two or three. Yeah. Uh, and again, they get really mad when I said they could have drafted Corbin Carroll and they didn't. Uh, you know, there are reasons for this. They, you know, they explain it, contract, second round, whatever, Kyle Harrison. You could have had Kyle Corbin Carroll and you didn't draft him. I'm sorry. Again, they get really mad about that. Too bad. You could have had him and you didn't get him. Uh, he would look pretty good right now. Maybe then a guy like Shohotani says, oh, I want to play with that guy. Uh, all these things have spun forward. Um, they got to win. And I think... Zaides and Melvin are their best shot at it of this era, but we'll see, you know, and I think Bob Melvin is a good, very good manager. I think Zaidi can do a lot of great things, man. If they don't win in two years, th this thing is going to restart is what I think, but I don't know. How do you build yourself up to be attractive enough for Shohei Tani the next time? And, and I don't know. You got to yeah. hit your draft picks. That's why I can't like the, the Zaidi tenure is going to be decided by these guys. And they brought a lot of them up. And a lot of them were interesting, but there was no star there. There's no star there. And, you know, Marco Luciano might be, but probably he's not going to be a star. Probably a good player, not a star. Again, he's not a guy that, if Shohei Otani, like Verducci writes, is looking at the player development system of each team, he's looking at the Giants going, eh, you know, Kyle Harrison, probably pretty good, but you don't know. He's he's like one of those Dodger guys. Like, looks really good. I don't know. Is he going to ever pitch five innings? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that. So... I don't think the Otani thing is a major blow to them other than it's symbolic that they haven't got themselves to the place where they, they needed to be to get Shohei Otani interested in them. And that is, what, they come in fourth, fifth? Like, you know, like, uh, that's what it's, I get what the report is. Dodgers, Blue Jays, Angels were the finalists. Then maybe Cubs, Giants. That's not a great, you know, you, that's, it's not a surprise, but that's not where you want to be as a franchise where these guys are not considering yourself. This franchise is good enough and, and has won enough that I can be the tipping point. That's what they want to be. They want to be the tipping point. They don't want to be the piece that gets the piece, that other piece, and then another piece. And then you are, then you win. Right. So it's a tough place for the Giants. Giants fans are not happy. They are. I mean, and, and some of them are reasonable. They're just unhappy with what they've seen. And I can't, it's hard for me to, argue with a lot of it uh this engine is built on getting 3.2 million in that ballpark and getting great tv ratings and that has not happened for two years they're going to try to do the best they can to patch it together we'll see who they end up with i just don't think it's going to be yamamoto either and then we'll see if those players are good enough and if they'll see if any of these young guys become superstars doesn't feel like it at this point so it's a bleak picture i don't mean it to be bleak just because otani signed somewhere else but 
because so much expectation was raised by their chasing of him, yet like their chasing of Bryce Harper, like their chasing of Aaron Judge, like their signing of Carlos Correa, and, and then that blowing up. Um, it's just a, one more, one more that goes against them. And I don't know how you turn it around. Yeah, you know, because and, and thing... he goes to the Dodgers. That's another one. Yeah. You're you got that's the team you're staring up at. The existential threat. The Diamondbacks are young and good. And where are the Giants? Like even if the Padres are sliding back, I don't know how they're sliding sliding back way down. So where are you? You're you're just going to be ahead of the Rockies. That's where that's where you are. Yeah, Those and I think one thing that kind of gets overlooked a lot of times at the Dodgers' success, right, is you know the, the irony is that you know Moneyball, the analytics stuff, really started as a way to save money, but the way the Dodgers are kind of able to like financially paper over their mistakes, right? Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago they paid Cole Hamels a million dollars, literally a million dollars, to throw one bullpen session. Mm -hmm. That's how long his that experiment started, right? I mean, they gave forty-eight million to Casimir to Brandon McCarthy, you know. Those are the ones that it kind of like you mentioned, right? Like, you know, the Conforto or whatever, right? You, you know, you put money in there. Uh, the Dodgers can, again, outspend that mistake, right? You know, whereas a team like the Giants probably can't. And that kind of makes that, like you said, that tipping point, right? It's moving that kind of farther, further away. Every time you make a mistake like that, it kind of sets you back. And they're at this point now, you're right, I think, where they need to hit on draft picks, right? Which, man, like baseball scouting, you know? I mean, I know some scouts that are, re you know, that I really respect, um, you know, because I'm always, you know, I always find it funny, right? Guys, you know, whenever guys are about to go into the Hall of Fame, you know, here's Ken Griffey Jr.'s scouting report. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I could have scouted. Yeah, I, would think they'd be, look, I like that right? right. that's Yeah, that's I want right. to find the, you know, I want to talk to the scout inside like Nick Punto, right? Mm -hmm. Who thought that that guy was going to be a major <laughs> leaguer? Like, who thought Justin Turner was going to be a major leaguer, you know? And, you know, and I know guys, again, who are very good at, like, finding that type of guy. And even those guys, they miss, you know, they'll tell me about some guy. Hey, you got to see this guy in double A, blah, blah, blah. Hey, look, and you know what? Like if they get it right half the time uh, and that's already like in professional baseball, you know, we're at high school when, you know, honestly, right. I mean, a lot of these guys are playing against people like me and you, you know, um, I'm sure you're a better athlete. Than I, I, I was, think but... I, I can hold <laughs> okay. yourself on that. Hold yourself yeah, on but that. right. Like. Um, you know, you kind of, it's, how do you know what it's going to be like when the guy, right? Cause it's not just physical. There's like the mental part of it too. And that leaves you very, very little room for error, you know, and every now and then, right. A team has like a special draft and they're able to get maybe three, four big leaguers out of a particular draft. And that's, the Orioles or look at yeah. what happened to the Orioles because they're doing that year after right. two or three you years know. in a row. Yeah. By the way, I played against Greg Jeffries. That's all I got to say. I played against Oops. Greg Jeffries. <laughs> was not as good as Greg Jeffries, but I played against him. So. <laughs> he was a little kid back then. He was a little kid. <laughs> All right, Dylan, this is the emergency podcast. We won't go long on emergency podcast. We want to get yeah. this up fast, but All right. we, we launched this with Shohei Otani. We will ride it out with Shohei. And he stays in California. He stays in the North and South region. I think, importantly to him, he knows that we got to keep talking about him. He did not want to leave our you know, jurisdiction. He didn't want to do no. a Toronto podcast. Well, yeah. You want to do North and South. We'll get, him, we'll get him on. We'll get him on. 10 years. You think we're going to be, we'll definitely be around in 10 years, right? Oh, we'll absolutely. Are you kidding years. me? Absolutely. Yeah. 10 years. That's nothing. That's <laughs> nothing. All right, Dylan. Thank you so much. That's Dylan Hernandez from the Los Angeles Times. Me from wherever I want to help, wherever I want to be. I might be signing with Toronto Blue Jays for all we know. I'm on a plane in Toronto right now, even as we speak. Watch out. All right, Dylan. Let's uh, let's do this again soon. Let's do it again soon. All right, everybody. That's show for today.